This is Dai Zenshu EX, the podcast, episode 206 for the week of January 24th, 2010. Hello, hello, welcome to a very somber edition of Dies and Shoe X. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dies and Shoe EX. We are here to cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Though that last word's a little not entirely accurate this episode. We're going to try to be fun and uplifting and as as best as we can be but this episode like i said is a very somber one it's a very down one we're going to be talking all about our man daisuke gori this episode we'll tell you more about that as we get going until the main subject though we got some stuff we got some news we got some happy things to do so let's start it off over here to my less than proverbial right this is the wife mary hey how's it going mike it's going good thank you glad to hear it yeah yeah i'm, I'm trying to be like hey you know we're happy we're having a good time I'm, I'm, it's a little rough i'm jolly and filled with food thanks yeah, to yeah. our date night we have a date dates are always good yeah cool. hey is the voice from japan julian how you doing man i'm doing all right in fact yesterday was my date night as well oh nice well yeah because so, yesterday would have been your friday, friday. For you. yeah so the fiance and i went out to a i guess you could call it a kushikatsu place you have various things on skewers that you dip into hot oil and fry that sounds amazing Ooh, i want to do this yes. at home the only one thing that I wasn't able to do was the mini taiyaki. And what's that? Um, it's, what do you call it? It's a sweet that's filled with uh, bean paste. Oh, okay. And I was going to try and dip that into the, <laughs> the oil too, but they they ran out when I wanted one. So. Ah, it's a shame. Just throw everything into hot oil. It's going to be good when it comes out, right? I don't know how many calories I had, but that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. You're a twig now. It's all good. <laughs> So we got Mary over there, we've got Julian off in Japan, that leaves me. As has been hinted, my name is Mike, I go by Vegito EX on the internet. We're here today to talk to you about Dragon Ball, like I said, we're going to be talking about our man, voice actor, Daisuke Gori, who unfortunately passed away this week. That's going to be our main topic, our main subject. Uh, before we get to the regular news, though, anyone got any stuff? I, I got nothing going on right now. The only thing I have is kind of meta. All right, what's and that is the meta stuff? On our drive back from our date just an hour ago, we were getting very nostalgic about our fandom and watching VHS fan subs and acquiring yeah, it, it from friends back in the day. It was trippy. Talk about who introduced us to what and how we saw things and the magical feelings of getting those fan subs and something that just doesn't exist anymore. I think we're trying to one-up each other on hardcoreness. I don't know about you, but that's how I felt. Yeah, my Dragon Ball penis is <laughs> way bigger than your Dragon Ball no, penis. No, mine is way bigger. That's true. You got way, uh, way bigger. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's our happiness. Let's talk about news. Julian, get us going here. We're heading over to Europe. Yes, in Europe. Uh, this is news coming to us from MC Dave. G, who did the great remix of the Goku Hishoden theme we played back on episode number 186. Yes, so DBGT is going to be airing in the Czech Republic. It's going to begin later this year in October 
from Animax, and the first time it will be on television there with a full voice cast in the Czech language. It doesn't seem like they have very high hopes for it, though. Now it sounds like uh, the kind of dubbing they do for these sort of things is, oh, we'll give you our C and D list actors and just get something on the air. That's a little disappointing. And for their own local production to jump to GT, that's a little weird. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if they've played the other Dragon Ball series before. They have. From what I understand, it's whatever the surrounding territories have for the show. They've gotten those on TV before, but it sounds like this is the first native Czech production that there will be. Yeah, I wonder what kind of dubbing they do, because I know uh, over in Poland, the kind of thing that they do is they leave in the original voices and they kind of have yes. voices dubbed in over top of them. <laughs> right, right. So oh, when someone's man. laughing or you know doing their ki eyes, it'll be the Japanese voices. And then when they start talking, they'll kind of tone that down and then talk over top it. Weird. Yeah, yeah it is Like weird. Iron Chef. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. It's good and yeah, it works for Iron Chef somehow. Well, because it's almost not quite, what was it, MXC? They did almost a parody of the parody. It wasn't quite that level with Iron Chef, but... It also helps that it was live action. Iron, Iron Chef was faithful, but... Yeah. Fukumi-san, anyway. hi. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, moving on. Let me tell you about some video game price drops. we got stuff in Japan and the US, so this is good for uh, just about all of us. got this report from Kotaku. Apparently Nintendo is going to have a new line of games under the Minna no Osusume. Is that good enough, Julian? Yes. Cool. Everyone's recommendation collection. Everything under Nintendo's brand over there is Minnano something. They have the Minnano Nintendo channel, whereas we just have the plain, simple Nintendo channel. What this is going to be is kind of a, a greatest hit style release where it's a budget priced re-release of things. But this one's interesting where they're doing this line based on how people rate games using the Nintendo channel. So if they have a really high rating over there, now this will be under that line. doesn't have to do with sales or game reviews or anything like that. It's by the fans, which is interesting. These are going to be coming out at that magical 2800 price point, something we've seen a lot in the past. The PlayStation, the best line, uh, was under this price point, even though that was 10 years ago. So the money doesn't quite line up with inflation, but it's kind of what they shoot for. Uh, this is going to start on February 25th, and the reason why we're talking about it is Sparking Meteor on the Wii is going to be a part of this. So if you're looking for the Japanese Wii release of this, be a great way to pick it up for about 30 31 bucks. Not too shabby there. Over here in the U.S., though, it looks like Revenge of King Piccolo, which was Tenkaichi Daiboken. I always have trouble. I always want to say Makafushiki Adventure or Tenkaichi Budokai or I combine the wrong things and end up getting the original phrasing instead of this combination phrasing, which is the Wii game. Tenkaichi Daiboken? Thank- yeah, that's what the Wii game is in Japan. That's- okay. I'm pretty sure I got it right. Anyway, Revenge of King Piccolo it seems like the MSRP over here in North America has formally been dropped in 1999, and Amazon's actually got it for 1784. Now, we reviewed this game on the show and on the site, full, full, full details, everything you need to know about it. And as we said back then, 20 bucks is a good price for this game. Mary, do you think you're uh, you're on board with 1784 for this it's, game? It's hard to pass that up. I think that's the sweet spot right there. I definitely got about 20 bucks worth of enjoyment <laughs> out of the game. So, but you're at a $20 loss, too. No, I was at the free one. I got a review copy, so okay. it doesn't really matter for me. <laughs> but uh, had I not gotten a review copy, 20 bucks is a damn good price for this game. I mean, if play through single player and if you think you don't get 
$17.84 worth of gameplay, Julian will personally reimburse you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all about this. That's uh, it for American stuff. Uh, Mary, why don't you tell me, we're going to get back to video game stuff in a little bit, but we'll go over to American DVD thing. So what's up here? Sure. Well, we've got news from our buddy Tanuki Kuribo. Uh, he took a screenshot from the trailer for the fourth season, quote unquote, of Dragon Ball. Looks like this is going to be 30 episodes on five discs. So if you do the math... If season three goes up to episode 92 and season four goes from 93 to 122, then, quote, season five should be uh, the last one left to go, theoretically, covering episodes 123 through 153. It's about 30 episodes there, too. Yeah, I think that's a good prediction right there. So there's no word on a release date just yet. It's just coming soon. But it seems like this should take us out through the rest of 2010. We'll be done. Yeah, that's too bad. Kind of, we have this thing of Dragon Ball going on, and we got a couple more sets, and we'll take this through the year and we have no idea what's coming after this though mm-hmm. julian now uh, we're going to take it over to the home page of our website right now i didn't even bother yes. pasting this into the news we're going to talk about dragon ball online so tell us who gave right. what and what the deal is here yes so this information comes to us from our forum member amaranth sparrow who's been translating stuff from the dragon ball online beta so there's also a big forum post where you can read more but uh, here's some interesting tidbits coming out of the game. So the main villain in this game is called the Pale Man and is named Mira. Not to be confused with Mira-kun, one of the uh, fighters under Uranai Baba. Now let me ask you, Julian. Now clearly Mira is mummy, but that can't be what this is, unless he's some sort of dead person. I saw someone propose maybe it's a pun on Mirai, which would be future? What do you think? Uh, I think that's a distinct possibility. Okay. But we'll see what happens. Alright, what else we got here? Apparently in his backstory, there's something about coming in from the future. Right, right. So, uh, while he does not appear to himself be a part of the Makayo Shin, um, which is what Toriyama introduced in one of the guidebooks uh, a couple years back, as previously speculated, there's a good possibility that the female that accompanies him is is, and may in fact also be the one who created him. Julian, what do you think about this? I mean, when we had this concept introduced, we're like, all right, where's Toriyama going with this? Why bother making this up? It'd be a great tie-in for Dragon Ball Online. So you think this is a good direction to take the concept with? It could be. I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> okay. You're so, I love your Japanese answers. They're rubbing off on you too much. Where it's like, I'm not committing to anything. Well, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> all right. It's too early to tell. That's fine. Keep going, then. What else we got? Okay. Gohan publishes a book called Groundbreaking Science Around Age 800, which appears to teach the general population concepts such as key control. Oh, nice. He also explains how the Kachin metal which is used to test the Z-Sword, could indeed be cut, which led to a newfound interest in swordsmanship, as well as Goten and Trunks founding the Kikouken Jutsu Sword School, which teaches how to infuse blades with ki to overpower opponents. All right, I got to take it over to Mary. Now, obviously, this would be the Chibi Trunks from the normal timeline. Right. But we do see hints at maybe some swords with him. I mean, the final bout opening is one of the only times he ever really uses it. Right. But there and is the GT precedent. opening, I guess. Yeah, exactly. There is precedent for A-Trunks with 
a sword. And you could almost retroactively apply this to what Future Trunks does with King Cold, where he stops the sword yeah. and uses it in that kind of way. It's a stretch. How do, how do you feel about this? Goten and Trunks starting up a sword school. I guess you have to discount early GT. Now that people count GT anyway. Well, it's but where like he's like a businessman. Does kind of ignore GT. Right. So let's pretend Trunks was never the president of Capsule Corps and he just goes straight to teaching with Goten. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Because they're such a wacky duo. I can see them having fun teaching. <laughs> yeah. All right. Interesting name for a school. I- I'm more enthralled with the fact that Gohan wrote a book teaching the general population about Key, because now I'm just picturing regular humans flying all about town. Now, we didn't totally note this on the homepage, but if you read the thread, it sounds like the Saijin blood is out there, but it's pretty diluted. And if I read correctly, you can tap into it, but it sounds like you have to be level 50 and you have to make a wish for it, and you can only use that power every so often. So there are regular people doing crazy things, but it seems like they can't totally be crazy super Saiyan, but we're going to learn a little bit more about what regular humans are doing and being taught. So, Julian, why don't you keep going? And these uh, new abilities, in fact, aided the human populace when the remnants of Frieza's army attacked in age 820. Ooh, nice. And you know, I always kind of wondered what happened to them, because, I mean, you have this person with this galaxy-spanning empire who suddenly dies, and... I, I, uh, I have to know. Do any of them even know that he's dead? Well, I'd assume that, you know, there's just com- some kind of vacancy on top. I mean, you could just see the galaxy being plunged into a civil war because <laughs> Goku killed, or, well, Trunks t- technically killed Frieza. <laughs> Depending but, on the timeline you're in, right? Yeah. So <laughs> maybe that wasn't such a good thing for the galaxy. <laughs> no, by, by playing the hero, they inadvertently threw the uh, universe in the civil war. I like it. And then the remnants of Frieza's army come to attack in age 820, but I guess they're able to fight them off. Right. Dragon Ball Online takes place circa age 1000. Is that right? I'm not really sure, but I think I also read in the online post that it does cause a certain amount of environmental devastation. Right, right on the Earth that also promotes people to want to protect the Earth. That is so shonen. I love it. A gigantic species of shonen-type fighters, <laughs> I guess. All right, keep going. We've got some individual characters that we know that are doing cool stuff. Okay, so Kuridin founded the New Turtle School, which taught humans how to fight alongside each other in groups to take advantage of their collective strengths, allowing them to compete against stronger individual enemies. It makes sense for him. I mean, all of his friends totally surpass him, so what do you do? You band together. Right. While Ten Shinhan believed it was more important to develop individualized attacks than support from others and develop new attacks that revolve around collecting key and strategic ways to unleash incredible bursts of energy with precise timing because that's worked so well for him in the past. <laughs> I was about to say, it sounds kind of par for the course for him, but I, I guess if anyone's going to perfect it and do really well with it, attention Han's going to be the best of the human characters. Probably, yeah. Alright, keep us going. Here, here's the fantastic stuff Mary thought I was pulling her chain here. Yanking her chain, pulling her leg. See, see how I do that stuff? This is pure Toriyama. So, in age 790, Majin Buu accidentally finds Mr. Satan's Bob and Margaret adult book, which, if you recall, is also the book that Kame Senin used to teach Goku how to read. Yes. And used it to form ideas about female mates and ultimately create his wife, Booby, from a part of his own body. <laughs> And also hit her with his love beam, causing her to give birth to a baby boo. 
The family grows quickly and is later recognized as its own race. Now, Mary, you immediately caught on to the, is he like Adam and Eve is made from a part of his body? What's with the biblical reference? Here? <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah, yeah, you said that in the car earlier Oh my today, God, I really? Yeah. I don't even remember You already saying. forgot that, wow. Wow, I, I'm impressed wrong. with myself because I normally wouldn't say such things. <laughs> yes, wow. there's, there's other information over on the forum as well, including the uh, Majin race having several different subjects types, as well as we find out that the Namekians are eventually attacked by the Pale Man's forces and have to come to Earth. So, so much for Numenamek. <laughs> wow, but they, they can't uh, catch a break. Yeah, but they settle on a part of Earth that is terraformed, Namek formed, I don't know, <laughs> to resemble part of their own homeworld, probably the place where Piccolo trained Gohan. Yeah, it makes sense. And are living happily among the human populace. Of course, they're previously where they have the warrior cast who follow the teachings of Piccolo, as well as the dragon clan and a curious bunch, which I'm surprised actually um, they were allowing to go in this day and age. So there's a um, subset of the Namekian dragon clan. The dragon clan, of course, being like Degne, who can produce dragon balls. Right. But there are also a group called the Poco Priests, who vomit eggs that hatch into demon shunlongs called Pokopen, which they can control. Now, I'm surprised that they allowed that word in particular to be used here. It does play off of um, Piccolo's chant that he uses before he starts spitting up the demon eggs. Right. Uh, but the word Pokopen is a an ethnic slur for Chinese people. Well, don't the Koreans and Japanese hate the Chinese? Um, well, sometimes, yes, but there are there is a significant Chinese minority in Japan. Yeah, that is, yeah. Do you think it's just an oversight? I mean, would this word be commonly known? Well, it could be that it's in Korea rather than up in Japan. It is a commonly known word, and it's something that they're not allowed to say on TV. Oh, all right. Nowadays, anyway. Interesting. Uh, well, if you recall the uh, anime for Sergeant Frog, when it was adapted from the manga, this word was actually changed because it was the alien's name for Earth. Ah, okay. So, I don't know, there's there's weird sort of parallels in that series to the aliens being a sort of incompetent version of Imperial Japan and Earth being ripe for invasion. Right. Read that how you will. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I'm a little bit um, surprised at that. Well, that's a, a good recap of some of the new story bits coming in from Dragon Ball Online. Mary, I'll ask you again, how, how do you feel about these? Good replacement for GT so far? I think so. I'm rather interested in all these little tidbits of I information. Fuck the game. I don't want to play it. I just want to know what the story yeah. is. Yeah, it sounds like it's filled with pretty interesting ideas. I saw some other people saying it would be great. Just give us a manga adaptation of the story in the game. We'll mm -hmm. be happy. Yeah. Booby. <laughs> Julian, <laughs> what's up with Booby? How are you feeling? It's pure Toriyama. Yep, I'm with you. All right. So, uh, God, how do I transition from Booby to our topic? I can't. So we'll just do it. Let's go. Julian, I'm going to ask you, why don't you give us a brief little introduction to the man, Daisuke Gori. Daisuke Gori is a very well-known Japanese voice actor. He has been in a phenomenally large number of animated productions dating back to the 1970s. He was the voice of Dazzle Zabi in the original Mo Mobile Suit Gundam. He was many, many other things. He was <laughs> Name a show, he's in it. Yes. But in Dragon Ball, he was the Sea Turtle. He was Yu Mao, 
He was Emma Dayo. He was Mr. Satan. And th- those are really the four big roles. I mean, some of those are sort of minor. I mean, Umegame and Chi-Chi's dad aren't constantly there. Mr. Satan's his huge character, though. And then there's a bunch of minor roles. I have a couple listed here. I mean, he's Ben Drum. He was King Cold. He was Vinegar, who was one of Garlic Jr.'s minions. Uh, I guess he was one of the two Illusion Saiyajin in the filler episode there. He was the Black Smoke Dragon in GT. And then tons of what we would actually consider minor kind of one-shot background characters. If there's ever a big guy in the background, it's usually him. Then over in movies, he was Gaster in uh, Dragon Ball Movie 2. He was Misokatsun in DBZ Movie 2. And then Doro Dabo. I don't even remember Movie 4, but apparently he was someone in that movie too. I mean, he's he's constantly there. Yeah. So it's it's really a crazy amount of stuff that he's been in. And um, really, it, it came as a, a shock to fans, especially coming on the heels of the other death that we mentioned last week. Right, right. Uh, so I'm just, you know, looking at his uh, Wikipedia entry here. Yeah, you know, it's it's got good sources, so I'm pretty confident in talking about what it says here. Yeah, so... I don't know. Do we want to go into the circumstances of uh, what happened? Yeah, I'll, I'll get you going here. Uh, it sounds like, according to some of his voice acting friends, I mean, he's been a part of this for quite a long time. Um, he was diagnosed yeah. with diabetes, and it's been affecting a, a lot of stuff, including his vision. Uh, he was complaining to people, you know, I can't read the scripts anymore. I can't do my job like this. And then apparently um, during Anpanman, uh, I guess just in 2009, he told one of his, what Wikipedia entry here says, one of his close voice actor friends, Kazuhiko Inoue, I've grown old. And God, I mean, I woke up just the other day this week and I mean, I was visibly shaken when I read this. Uh, it's... Yes. It's kind of difficult because this is a man whose voice I've been consistently hearing since I first got into this stuff in the mid 90s. And it's not just Dragon Ball. I mean, so many shows we were talking about Escaflone and Trigun and just all of our what we consider like our time periods, classic shows. Um, I I can't really talk right now. Julian, keep going. Yes. So uh, it is a a very big shock to fans. And in fact, as Wikipedia says, not only in Japan, but also elsewhere, what they mentioned, China specifically. And it comes right on the heels of the death of Isamu Tanonaka, passed away the week before. And so it's a possibility that that might have had something to do with it. They were in the same agency, Aoni Production, and they knew each other. But it, it also says, like you mentioned, he had diabetes, and he mentioned at the Ampanman recording last year that because of that, well, he, he's married and he has he was married and he had a child, but he couldn't really play with a child anymore because of his illness. I don't know. It sounds like he had a lot of issues that were kind of building up over time. Yeah, and what I'm reading here is, and it's kind of more of a reading between the lines, and maybe that's just me projecting you know, my ideal vision of him, but it sounds like he was getting really depressed that he couldn't do his job. I mean, he couldn't read his scripts. He couldn't do what he wanted to do. Maybe. And that's in spite of the fact that he was still getting cast for some really major roles. He had just started as uh, Jinbei, one of the seven warlords of the sea in One Piece, who is a major character in the current arc. Right. So I'm not sure um, who they're going to pick to recast. I mean, he's a pretty distinctive voice. Why why don't you tell us, uh, I guess, the circumstances of his actual death here? Yes. So it appears that on uh, January 17th at about 3 in the afternoon, just a passerby in uh, Nakano Ward in Tokyo found him lying on the ground with 
just blood dripping from his wrists, and it was later confirmed that he had died on the scene. So nearby, they found uh, a utility knife, and in his pocket was uh, a will or a last will or directed towards his family. So the, let's see, I'm trying to translate this directly from Japanese. So what do you call it? Police are looking at it as a suicide. Well, Aoni Production officially announced his death as being caused by sudden heart failure, which I suppose is yeah, technically true. Because, I guess. Because that's what happens when you lose most of your blood. Right. But yeah. Um, Mary, we haven't heard from you. So I think where we're going to go with this is, I mean, this is a guy that meant a lot to us in terms of the shows that we've grown up with. He was just under 58 years old. He wasn't that old yeah, of a guy. Yeah, he was a pretty young guy. Um, what does Daisuke Gori mean to you as, as a voice actor in the shows that you've enjoyed over the years? And Of course, Dragon Ball specifically, but just his career in general. Well, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we would listen to practically any show, say, oh, there's Daisuke Gori. Oh, that's him. And it's depressing to think that, you know, we can't do that anymore. And even if we're watching an old show and we hear him, I mean, it's, gonna it's not going to be the same way to say, oh, that's Daisuke Gori. It's, it's just not going to be the same doing that anymore. But, I mean, I guess it says a lot about his stamp, you know, on this whole medium of just shows and anime there and everything. There are a lot of voice actors that come and go. There's always, you know, the, the hip dude of the day. But this was, I think, a very, very immediately recognizable voice. You don't need to know Japanese to recognize his voice when you hear it. Mm -hmm. I, I always felt he just had that that right gruffness like you can just picture you look at what he looks like he doesn't look like a huge guy but i mean the characters he played like Gumao, that's our in enma these are huge guys and his voice just fit them so well i can't picture mr satan having any other voice that's gonna be incredibly no. odd yes. in fact here's another bit of information apparently after his death uh videl's voice actress Yuko Minaguchi stated that if Dragon Ball Kai continues that far, I mean, if they can't have Daisuke Gori as Mr. Satan, she doesn't want to be Videl either. Wow. I'm, I'm speechless. Yeah. She's just... She wrote that on her blog. I think as far as female actresses go, I find her just as recognizable. I mean, oh yeah, what she's in. A, I was watching something today, and I recognized her voice. I went to go look it up, and sure enough, it was her. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is like a show from only a couple of years ago, so she's been around for forever too. Oh yeah, so absolutely. I, both of them not. Be, I mean, I can understand why she would say that. I mean, they kind of come as a pair. Those yeah. two, so yeah. I can see, that. especially in Japan, when you voice act in a group like that, it's not like you're going individually into your right, sessions right. and they recording. They do it very differently from how they do. So it I can definitely here. see why she would write something like that. Julian, you are quite a big Mr. Satan fan, so I'm going to let you go yes. for a little bit. Tell me about your feelings on uh, the character as portrayed by Daisuke Gori and what you think he meant to you. Yes. So, I mean, I, I was a fan of Mr. Satan. I mean, a lot of people don't like him because he's this egotistical blowhard who just talks out of his ass for most of the time. But I think Daisuke Gori did a really good job with the character. I mean, he is this complete idiot who plays up his ego constantly, his re relentless self-promoter. But uh, the way that Daisuke Gori played him is you have even you have these incredibly goofy moments that are undercut by sudden moments of almost this, I don't know, nobility that yeah. when he is really called upon to shine, that he is able to take on this role almost in spite of himself. And even, at least briefly, take on the sort of role uh, with the 
a voice to match. And so he did just a great job of going back and forth between this completely incompetent goofball and somebody who actually could save the world if he really needed to. And in that respect, I really enjoyed Mr. Satan's character and the voice that was given to him. We're going to talk about some of the uh, fan favorite moments. We put the request out in our forum on Twitter and Facebook, and there's a pretty unanimous decision on one particular moment. I think we're all going to know what that is. Uh, I mean, you're describing it without saying what it is right there. Um, How he really sold us on what he was saying and why the rest of the world bought what he was saying and it was just that that one amazing performance there i'm scrolling down the list of his roles here i mean it's not just dragon ball you go over to video games some of the first places to pick this up was actually the video game blogs because of his performances hey hachi in the tekken series i mean he's not limited just to anime you scroll down the list here um dead or alive uh he did someone in king of fighters 12 he did raiden over there Uh, Of course, Tekken, but just like one-off characters in so many different games. He's, He's everywhere. We hear his voice. I feel like no matter what it is we're doing with something Japanese, Daisuke Gori shows up. It's like that comforting voice you always come back that to. comforting gruff voice. Yeah, but you know there's a, I, I guess not in the case of Heihachi, but there's a heart of gold behind there somewhere. <laughs> wow. Why don't we just go on down to some fan favorite performances? Because we put these requests out there. Um, Julian, I'm going to let you take the first one. The Majin Red Comet, uh, you know, he had some stuff to say about Mr. Satan, but he had uh, another favorite performance from Daisuke Gori here as well. Yeah. So, perhaps his fan favorite performance here is a Dazzle Zombie in the original Mobile Suit Gundam. He's um, basically, it's a scene near the end of the series where he's firing on the Gundam with a machine gun and screaming. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the series too well, but basically, the Zabi family were the people who um, ran the Principality of Xeon. And unlike the person who actually founded that particular government, they were pretty thoroughly crazy. And towards the end, they really come unhinged. Yeah, um, I, I'd actually really like to see this kind of performance, because I want to see him cross Young. that line. Yeah, <laughs> younger too as well. I'm, I, when I think about how long he's been doing this, like back when he was doing shows in the 70s and stuff, did he have a, a gruff voice back then? Because going by when he was born, he'd only be in his 20s then. Yeah, well, Gundam was 79, so I mean, it's yeah. not too terribly long before Dragon Ball, but long enough. So the scene we were kind of talking around earlier, I mean, a lot of people are on board with this. Jacob, uh, JDA95, our buddy Kaboom, Piccolo Dymo, and a bunch of other people on all the different places. Mr. Satan rallying the Earth to donate their key to defeat Majin Buu. I yep, mean... that's the big one. I, he takes yep. on this almost different persona as Mr. Satan here. Like, he sold it to the characters in the show and he sold it to us, too. <laughs> キャマラ。キャマラいい加減にしろ。さっさと協力しないか。このミスターサタン様の頼みも危険だよな。そう、そうだ。黙っているつもりだったが、バレてしまってはしかたがない。この私が魔人部を倒してやるから、お前たちも
Our buddy Shinobi03 has a great quote here. It has nothing to do with any characters whatsoever. Right, but this rings true to us because we this happens to us too, right? So no matter what his role was, I recognize him anytime. I'm with you, man. I, that yes. voice comes in. You, like we said, we just call it, ah, there's Daisuke Kori again. We were watching something a couple weeks ago, and we're like, oh, there he is. Was it Fist of the North Star or Violence Jack? I forget. Probably both. Yeah, probably both. <laughs> uh, Julian, why don't you go here? All right. So next is another favorite role from uh, Onome Egi on Facebook. When Mr. Satan beats up the two humans that shot the dog, it shows that Mr. Satan is a capable fighter when put against regular humans and is serious acting while incredibly pissed off. Yeah, it's, it's another amazing scene where it's almost kind of dark for Dragon Ball where it's there's murder going on. It's not just aliens shooting each other's key blasts and stuff. I mean, we have guys with shotguns shooting people and dogs. And... Mr. Satan, just totally different kind of performance there. A lot of folks, and I'm going to be with him here, some of their most memorable performances were in the DBZ movies. A lot of people brought up DBZ Movie 9, yes. where he's sitting on the can, and he's just mumbling to himself, like, how the hell did I get myself into this mess? And he leaves, and he's got toilet paper dragon behind him. This is great scenes there. I'll pop in with one of mine, probably the earliest memory I have of being aware of his performance was uh, DBZ Movie 12. It was one of the earliest fan subs I got on my own, probably like 96, 97. And Mary, you'll know what scene it is, because he's not in the movie a whole lot. Is when he beats up the zombie, turns around, and makes this great proclamation, is like, where are the cameras? <laughs> yeah. この世に正義のヒーロー、ミスターサタンがいる限り、貴様らの好きには絶対させんぞ。マスコミを着てないのか、取材はどうした正義のヒーロー、ミスターサタンが悪を懲らしめてんだぞ。さあ、ガガガガ
the, his, the, the acting in that scene, I just Good stuff. thought was great. Mary, let me ask you. I mean, we've had so many great examples already. Yeah, so you kind of have nowhere to go. I, I guess anything where he's bowling over, saying, oh, my stomach. Oh, and then he goes and hides. And he's, he's like, I can't do it. So many great phrases like, tunic, tunic, gana. Yes. <laughs> just like that noise he makes when his stomach hurts. He's like, Rubenine's great for all of those. I mean, he's talking about tricks in his stomach. And I think one of my favorites is. Pretty much all of his stuff with uh, Majin Buu, like the Game Boy stuff, is all pretty funny. Oh, we had a couple people bring up those scenes with uh, the poison chocolates and the Game Boy, and just his interactions with Buu. We haven't talked a lot about that. We mentioned him and Videl together, but Mr. Satan and Majin Buu are two peas in a pod, that's for damn sure. These two together, I mean, they're they're bathing together. These are some great scenes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's strange. It's almost, you know, you, you get the sense that he's terrified for his life. Right. But after a while, he starts to realize that Buu actually means it when he says he's not going to kill anymore. Yeah, he's like, hey, this guy's not too bad. Uh, until, of course, he gets enraged by something else. Right. You know, I... I really have no idea where else to go with the conversation. There was a lot of, hey, remember that. I think that's the best we can do in these kinds of situations. So I know all of us are uh, tipping our hats, and all I have right here is a half-drinking beer. So I raise it. I have a half-drunken water bottle, and I raise it. Just don't pour it on the carpet, No, okay? no. Or the microphone. <laughs> or the microphone. It's expensive. Julian, I know it's first thing in the morning for you over there, so I don't expect you to have a beer just yet, but... uh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have some orange juice in a bit. Daisuke Gori. Anime's not going to be the same without him. Not just Dragon Ball. It's just the industry as a whole. He said, Mary, I yeah. mean, we're not going to be able to do it anymore in new shows where we laugh about it. Mm-hmm. God. All right. I... There's no transition we can do whatsoever, like I said before we even went into the subject. So, fuck. Let's just go over to releases, I guess. Well, we're so close to the end of January, I think it's about time we start going into February a little bit. But I will give you the one last thing, I'm sick of talking about it. January 29th, last thing this month, Dragon Ball Kai DVD, single disc, volume 5, it's episodes 13 through 15. Remember that the DVDs are 16 by 9, they're cropped, standard definition, 2940 MSRP, CD Japan's got it for 2800, Amazon Japan's got it for 2176. Mary, I'll take it over to you to start with February, and I will note that I've up updated a lot of prices on things. I double-checked everything. Right Stuff's got even better deals wow, going on right now with sweet. stuff. I mean, we'll talk about these. Get us going here. February 2nd. All right. Well, we already kind of talked about this, uh, well, somewhat indirectly. Uh, Dragon Ball Season 3. It's Dragon Ball Episodes 62 through 92. MSRP is about 50 bucks, but Amazon's got it on pre-order for 42 and Right Stuff has it for 30 Sweet. Yeah. That, that's, Right Stuff's got it going. You got it going on. Got it going on. Julian, coming out in your land. Still no word on an American release whatsoever. February 11th. February 11th. Thursday, we have Dragon Ball DS2. Totsugeki. Red Nuribongun. Or Charge, the Red Ribbon Army. It's a Japanese Nintendo DS release, believe it or not. It's 5,229 yen for the suggested retail price, but you can get it for 4,221 yen pre-order at Amazon Japan or 54.90 at PlayAsia. Basically full price there, but... At yeah. least yeah. full price. That's how it goes. Oh, I know. Yeah. 
VS games are expensive over there. I mean, sometimes they top out at 40 over here with the Squeenix Enix stacks, but yeah. God, man. That's why I haven't gotten the new Zelda game yet. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I wouldn't be regularly picking up DS games if I was over there. God, all right. Be very selective. Let me keep going here. February 16th. It's a big month, guys and gals. This Tuesday here, uh, Viz Big Dragon Ball Z number 6, the... <laughs> Eternally delayed release. This covers original Japanese Tonkobon uh, 32 through 34, which if you're going by the Viz DBZ graphic novel releases would be DBZ uh, 16 to 18. The MSRP is 17.99, though Amazon's got their regular pre-order price of 12.14. Also that day, very excited for this, Dragon Box Z Volume 2. This is the American DBZ Dragon Box release from Funimation. This will be DBZ TV episodes 43 through 84. MSRP, uh, I remember they lowered that, so now you're going to get some pretty decent prices everywhere. Amazon's got it for $53.99 right now. That's alright. Go over to Right Stuff. $35.99 pre-order. That's the regular pre-order price right now. Ignoring deals and stuff. Actually, Target's got a listing up for $35.69 as well. So, uh, if your local Best Buy has it, I mean, do what we did last time, where if you're not going to order online... Target? No, I mean, if Best Buy has it, print out your Target thing. The Target listing is online only. They probably won't carry it in stores. So, and try to do some price matches or just order it from Right Stuff. You'll probably get it like two months early, even though two months would be last December. But. <laughs> Whoa, uh, anyway, Mary, you love talking about this stuff. Tell me about Dragon Ball Kai on February 19th. Okay, that's a Friday, February 19th. It's Dragon Ball Kai Blu-ray box number two. It's Kai episode 16 through 27. This is the one with the 4x3 aspect ratio in high definition. MSRP is 15,960 yen, but you can pre-order it on CD Japan for 15,200 yen or on Amazon Japan for 11,698 yen. Nice. Also, that's same day, we've got the Dragon Ball Kai DVD single disc volume 6 edition. This is Kai episodes 16 through 18. This has the 16 by 9 aspect ratio cropped in standard definition. It's 2940 yen MSRP. You can pre-order it on CD Japan for 2800 yen or Amazon Japan at 2176 yen. I guess yes. we should kind of repeat every once in a while the release schedule type for Kai. It's about once a quarter where the Blu-ray boxes come out, and it's, I think, four volumes, something like that. And then over those next months, they put out the individual DVDs that correlate to the same episodes that are in that box set. Very confusing. We hate it. Julian, also in Japan, uh, February 24th, although you'll be going from Japan to Spain here. Well, February 24th, Wednesday, we have the remastered edition... Dragon Ball Volume 3, Saga del Ejercito Red Ribbon, Segunda Parte. It's Region 2 PAL with uh, Dragon Ball TV episodes 49 to 68. The languages are Japanese, Castilian, Catalan, Basque, and Galician, with subtitles in good old Castilian Spanish. It's for 49.95 euros, and it can be found, as always, on sonadvd.com. Over in Japan, though, what you got coming your way? That's true, too. We have Japan stuff. Korochan Pack CDs for Dragon Ball Kai. We have one entitled Goku vs. Vegeta, another entitled Goku vs. Ginyu Toksentai, and still another entitled Goku vs. Frieza. They are 1,575 yen each, and CD Japan has them for 1,500 yen 
pre-order. Each will include a picture book. Nippers. I know we talked about the track listings for these last week on the show, where it's mostly just repackaged and split up from the uh, Dragon Ball Kai song collection. I did see that CD Japan has cover art up for them, but it's really tiny. There's no big versions yet, so we'll hold out on those. Those are the releases, and uh, we'll be cruising through those for the next month. That's a full February. So let's go do an email. Guys, we had a lot of your thoughts on Daisuke Gori this episode. I was really excited to get those in. So we'll just do one email and totally unrelated. Mary, why don't you read it for me here from James. Okay, James writes, Hey guys, I love your podcast and the manga reviews of awesomeness. So I just wanted to ask if there's any way that you guys could use DBZ Abridged as a topic for the bulk of an episode, or if you already have, it would make the new year so much better. All right, we got you covered. I don't have to do any work whatsoever. Back on episode one. 135. Right after they started doing it, we had Kaiser Neko and Lanny Pator on the show to talk about what was going on. And then quite a while later on episode 180, we had Kaiser come back on, as well as Masako X, who plays Goku in Abridged. Uh, that was after the first season of Abridged was done. They talked about how it went and you know what they learned, and fan reaction, that kind of stuff. And then a couple episodes later on 183, we had Lanny Pator back on, and then Takahata 101. Those were the voices of Vegeta and Nappa from DBZ Abridged. So anything you want to know, go check them out. And actually, they just started their own podcast. Uh, I listened to episode one. It's a very, very meta behind the scenes, just talking about whatever they feel like talking about as related to DBZ Abridge and some of the stuff they're doing. So if you're looking for raw Dragon Ball content, you're not going to get it. But if you're looking for funny guys talking about funny stuff, go ahead and check that out. Sweet. I didn't know that. Yep, that's it. That's the email we're doing this week. Julian, I'm going to ask you, what are all the good places to send us questions, comments? doesn't have to be a question. We want comments on the shows, and you have different opinions, all that good stuff. Where's it going? Yes, you can send all questions, comments, responses, etc. to podcast at dizx.com, <laughs> or you can find us on Twitter at dizx for news and site announcements, and individually at vegetoex, saya jedi, and Mary tot. And you can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash dizx. Yepers. That's it, guys. That was a show. That was episode 206. Whoa, that really put it in perspective when you were just answering that last email and referencing content from episode 138. Yeah. Now we're on 207. Or it was 207, right? Well, next week will be. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, holy crap. Yeah. 138 seems like it was such a long distant number ago, but it feels like just yesterday we had those guys on. I mean, you want perspective. You and I began our sites at the very beginning of 1998. You don't need to put it in that much perspective. I mean, and we'd already been into the show for a couple years at that point. I don't need to put it in that much perspective. And, and then I, I said to Julian one day in late 2005, hey, let's talk about this stuff on the internet every week. And <laughs> here we are. And okay. <laughs> you said, okay. And I learned many things about microphones. It sounds drastically different. And here we are. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, it was a, it was a rough episode, but I think in a good way. Uh, I guess it begins the healing load. process. Uh, I don't know. We're, we're going to miss the damn guy. So that was episode 206 we will be back next week with episode 207 that's still going to be january so we'll have one more topic for you before the first week in february which will be 
starting up again with the manga review of awesomeness will be on schedule first week of that month uh we're gonna split that one up into two because of the trunk special but we'll talk more about that again next week i don't know what we're doing next week because this week was thrown off with the dice gory we had some other plans and we'll see uh what we throw into the mix next week but uh julian i hope we can see you uh if not next week then then again from manga review so thank you for joining us okay and mary as always thank you for joining us thanks very much so julian people want to find us where's the site they can find us at dizex.com that's www.daizex.com that's it so for all you fine folks mary over here julian off in japan and and our good buddy daisuke gori no longer with us but damn we ain't gonna forget him my name is mike vegeto ex we'll see you next week here on the show I have come to take you to the planet of the robots, where you can maintain us. I'll never go with you. You must come. There is no choice. Well, I think oh, he better sounds normal. Damn it. Okay, right, anyway. So- <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still usable for something. Yeah, I'll throw it at the end, no worries.